The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Word of God speak. Pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. Isn't that a great song? Uh, they, the praise team makes fun of me because on Wednesdays nights when they practice, they talk about what songs they're going to sing and uh, I always say, well, we haven't done Word of God Speak in a while. <laughs> they say, oh, that's just your favorite song. It's really not, but I love the message to that. Uh, Word of God Speak, and, and that we might see your majesty. If you would turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3, I started out a couple of weeks ago kind of preparing a message called I've Been Praying About That. And I just kept running up against dead ends. Sometimes uh, I think that happens. If you teach, you may have that. If you write, you may have that writer's block or whatever. And I prayed about it, and I began to put things together, and I just, I just couldn't get it to go right. And I told Denise last night, I said, you know, I'm going up to church, and uh, I sat up here for about three or four hours or, and was thinking and writing and and I just kept backing up, and I kept backing up, and I kept backing up. And that happens to me a lot. I think the Holy Spirit says, you're, you're getting the cart before the horse. and you, uh, I'm not ready for that yet. So uh, as I began to prepare, uh, I began to think about this question, does God still speak? And by, by an amen, how many of you here today believe that God still speaks? How many believe He answers prayers? How many believe that He directs our lives? Now, now most of us here today say, I believe that. I believe God still speaks. And, and I believe that He answers our prayer. And I believe He directs our lives. But I want to get on the pew with you right now. I don't want you to, uh, to uh, uh, say amen or, or nay or ouch or anything like that. But how many times... Do you believe that God speaks to you? And what I mean by that is sometimes we really believe that God speaks. We really believe that God answers prayers. We really believe that God directs us. But we believe that because we see it in someone else's lives. Or we hear them give a testimony and they, they talk about how God has spoke to them and how God has used them and how God has answered those prayers and we see evidence of answered prayers in others' lives. And, but, but how often do we believe that God really answers our prayer, my prayer? I prayed and God answered my prayer. Or, or I needed direction and God gave me direction. And, and when we begin to think about that, I think sometimes... We may question, does God really speak to me? I mean, who am I that God would speak to me? And as I begin to think about that, I think we miss the point sometimes. It takes effort on our part for God to speak to us. Now, do you believe that? That's, that's, kind, of a, that's kind of something you might not think about. It, it takes an effort, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that next week. When I talk about, well, I've been praying about that. We're going to talk about what effort is on our part when God speaks. But this morning what I want us to do, and this is kind of just uh, laying out some things for what I really want to cover next week, and I'm going to give you some ideals and a plan how we can really see God speaking to us. 
And we'll put those things together next week and, and, and we can be sure what God is telling us. There's a way. It's really easy. But it takes a little effort on our part. But today, I want to use the book of, of Samuel, 1 Samuel, to see uh, that God is speaking. And I want to ask you this question, are you listening? God is speaking and are you listening? That's some good music going on there, boy. <laughs> uh, Doug, Doug, Doug. <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> I was in a meeting just last week, and I was given this meeting, and it was guys local there at our office. And I was talking, and uh, the kind of a long, boring meeting. You know, you've probably been a part of those. And, uh, but it was important and I wasn't picking on this guy, but, uh, I won't call him by name, but he was sitting there and we got to the end and I said, well, what do you think about this? And it, it took me back to my grade school years. When I was in grade school in McKinney, we had a big red brick building and we had windows all down the building. And during the summer months, all those windows would be open and in the corners of the room, we had big old fans that just went boom. And I remember many times uh, sitting at my desk and looking out that window, and the teacher was speaking. And she would say, Jakey, what do you think? <laughs> and I would say, huh? <laughs> I think the cows are out somewhere. You know, I, I don't know. what I have a clue what you're talking about. Uh, Charlie Brown's uh, phone call, wah, 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 and I asked that guy, and he gave me that look that I had. And I said, you don't have a clue what we've been talking about, do you? And he said, yeah, no, I really don't, you know. And uh, you know what? God is still speaking. The question is, are we listening? And when we begin to look at this in uh, 1 Samuel, we're going to be in chapter 3. I want, to tell, I want to talk to you about Samuel this morning, but when we think about this fact, is God speaking, we must be ready to hear what God wants to say to us. When we begin to ask ourselves this question, is God really speaking, and am I really listening, we, we need to be ready to, to hear what God has to say to us. I want you to think about Samuel. Who here is about 12 years old? How old's your kiddos, Doug? You got anybody close to 12? Come up here, 10-year-old. I just want you to see this guy. You're not embarrassed because you take the offering up all the time. I'm not going to have you speak or pray or anything like that. This guy's 10 years old. All right. What do you do? You go to school? You listen? Don't be lying to me. <laughs> no, he's really smart. He, uh, these Wicks kids, they're, they're smart. This guy's 10 years old. I'm doing this for a purpose in just a moment. But you know Samuel may have been about this age. Somewhere between 10, 11, and 13 or 14. So you can go sit down. Thank you. I'll give him a hand. He had no idea I was going to do that. <laughs> but Samuel... Kind of like the Wicks children grew up in a Christian godly home at Rama. And his mother and father were thorough in their worship. They were committed to worship. They were committed to God. And the Lord 
moved Samuel into the home of Eli. And Eli was a priest, but the word of the Lord or the worship of the Lord was kind of scorned there. So he moves from a, from a home... Now think about this. We're talking about a somewhere, somebody, a, a kid, a child, a, a really young man who moves out of this Christian home, who moves into the temple with the priest, and in this temple, the the worship of the Lord and the word of the Lord it really wasn't being seen or heard or really even taught that much during this time. And and Samuel, the Bible says, ministered before the Lord under the guidance of Eli. And during this time, God wasn't speaking very much. He didn't have a lot to say, and not very often was he, was he talking. And, and I, we see that in verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelations. So during this time, God's word was really rare. And, and God began to speak. And that's what we're going to talk about. Sometimes I think that kind of describes where we are today. I think when we think about where we are today as a nation, sometimes during this, this time of, of Eli being the priest, the, the nation's leaders were corrupt. The, some of the priests were corrupt and people weren't obeying the law they had. They weren't obeying God's word. And, and God said, well, you know what? I don't have much to say right now. And that's really not that new. I, I heard a story about this preacher who went to a view of a call at a church. And as he was on the view of a call, he got up that morning. He preached a fine sermon that morning. They invited him back that evening when the congregation came back for that evening message. He preached that same sermon again. And the deacons got together and they, they said, well, probably he was just really nervous. And because he was so nervous, he didn't realize that he had preached that same sermon again. So they said, let's go ahead and call him. So they voted and they called him to be the pastor. And the next Sunday arrived and he showed up and he preached the same message. And then Sunday night he came and he preached the same message. So they all came Wednesday thinking, okay, what's he going to do tonight? Sure enough, just what you thought. He preached the same message. And the deacons got together and they said, you know what? We're, this, that's a good message, but if, if he preaches that again, we're going to have to confront him about it. So sure enough, the next Sunday morning he gets up, preaches the same message. And the deacons came to him and they said, well, we like that sermon. It's a fine sermon. But you keep on preaching that same old word. When are you going to change and preach something different? And his reply was, well, I reckon when you do what we're told in that sermon, we'll move on to something else. You know, that's where we are sometimes. Oh, we love the sermon. Oh, it sounded good. Man, we had the best Sunday school lesson this morning. But we just leave there, and that's why it says over in James, hey, don't merely be a hearer of the Word and deceive ourselves. Put it into practice. Just do what the Word says. And and perhaps we should consider whether the Word of the Lord is really that rare today, or are we simply just not listening any longer? We're just simply looking out the window and listening to the fan blow and and seeing the spring or seeing the fall come, and and we've just kind of turned our listener off. And, And when we come together... I suspect that the problem is not with God. I suspect the problem with us. Do you agree with that? 
I mean, when God speaks, do you think He has a problem? I'd say probably not. I think it's probably us and how we hear. And maybe this morning we came, and we came for a lot of different reasons. But I want to ask you, did you come today expecting God to speak to you? You may have come today, and you may have come to see some friends. That's good. I did too. You may have come today to, to go to your Sunday school class, and, and that's a good thing. You may have come today because you really like the music and you love to sing. I love to sing. I love music. But you may have come today and you, you wanted to do those things and you expected those things, but did you really expect God to speak to you today? And I want you to think about that, and, and I want you this morning just to ask, what, what has God got to say to me today? What, what, am I here today, and what, what has God got to say to me? If you, if you look at what we're talking about here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it's kind of funny a little bit to me, because when we begin to look at this, God starts to speak to Samuel. But look what happens to Eli in verse 2. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in his, pa- in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down. So it's, it's late in the evening. It's, it's the lamp is burning down. It's becoming dark. They've both laid down and gone to bed. Verse 4 says, And the Lord called Samuel... And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am for you. You called me? And he said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Go back and lay down. And he went and he lay down in verse 6. And then the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am for you. You called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Go lie down. Now remember what we're talking about. We're talking about a young man. He runs twice. Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know that the Lord was, that the, nor, ah, let me back up. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am for you. Did you call me? And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Now, for us to, for us to hear the word of the Lord, we need to be prepared for that. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our minds. We need to be prepared to hear a word of the Lord. Now, Eli may not have really wanted to hear what the word of the Lord was. But there's something I want us to see as we go through this this morning that uh, through, uh, through Eli's sins, and that's what we're fixing to talk about, we have to reap what we sow through our sins, okay? Eli the priest, he had to reap what he had sowed. And even in the midst of his failure, listen, I want you to get this, in the midst of his failure, God had a unique way of giving him a second chance. So Eli figures out, hey, this is God speaking, and God has a, something he wants to reveal, a revelation. And he tells Samuel, okay, here's what's going to take place. God gives an old priest here a chance to redeem himself. And what Eli had, had failed to do with his own son, God was going to allow him to do through Samuel. 
And what he had failed to do with his own son is, is Eli's sons were worthless. They were sons of Belah, and they, uh, they, were, they were bitter. They were worthless sons. And, and Eli had allowed that to take place during their youth. Uh, he, he just let them go. He let them run free. He let them do whatever they wanted. And that was his sin. Adam Clark says his parents cannot do God's work, but God will not do their work. In our day, folks, we don't need to pity those children that don't have the, the newest video games, that don't have the, the, the greatest gimmicks, but we need to pity those children that, that have parents that don't take time to raise their children. We need to think about those parents that, that not by their words or by their actions or by their walks, are they teaching them the Word of God? Are they building the foundation that, that God would have us build for our children? Or are the parents that are just too busy to spend any time with their children and they're, they're too busy providing and they, they have all of these things. Those are the ones we need to pity. And that's what Eli had done. He, he had basically said, you know, I just don't have time. And the thing is, he recognized in his sons that they were failing God. But he simply, he simply let that go. We're told in verse 1, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And that, that pre-teenage, that, that word there is N-A-A-R. It, it's, it's kind of a big term. It can mean anything from an infant uh, all the way up to the early teens. So, so I'm just kind of guessing in that age range there because that term can mean many things. But Samuel's brought into a home where he had to, to contact with, with Eli's evil sons. He had contact with those. So evidently Samuel, the, their names was Hophni and Phinehas. How do you like that? Thank you. Y'all have to come on Wednesday to even understand what that's all about. But Hophni and Phinehas, they were there in the home also. So evidently, Samuel kind of protected him. He kind of set him aside. And besides that, Samuel had some needs. He had some limitations because of his age and evidently because of his sight. So he needed Samuel to help him. So God had kind of placed them together. They were there and they were together. And the first two times that Samuel is called by God, he assumes that he's hearing a word from Eli. Remember why he's there? Eli's old. He can't see well. And he just assumes, hey, this is Eli calling out to me. And he gets up and he runs in there. And, and Eli says, uh, hey, go back to bed. Samuel runs in there and says, here I am. Can you imagine that if you're if you're laying there and you're just about to doze off and and a, a ten or eleven year old boy runs into you and goes, "Hey, what'd you need? What are you gonna say? Get go back to bed. What are you doing in here? I didn't say anything, and that, that's exactly what happened. I I wasn't I didn't say anything. Go back to bed. Verse nine. Listen to it again. Go lie down. And this is what he says. Okay, the Lord must be speaking. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you. This is what you need to say. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. If you're in your Bible, underline that verse 9 right there. Wouldn't that be great if that would be our prayer every day? Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, he lay down in his place. Samuel obeyed Eli, he went back to his place, and in verse 10 we learn that the Lord has spoke the boy's names twice this time. Listen to what it says, verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called uh, at, another time, at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. So he calls out this time, 
twice to his name. But what he hears is very unsettling. I'm going to remind you of this all morning. This is a, this is a, young, a young guy. This is a, a young teenager. In verse 11, the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli. So what he says, All that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to the end. Verse 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his son made themselves vile and did not and he did not restrain them. I don't want to mess that up, so I'm going to read it again. Verse 13, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his son made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. Verse 14, Therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. You know, that had to shock him. Man, he's there with Eli. <laughs> he's there in the house. He, he's there uh, ministering with Eli. And God comes and he gives him this word. And he reveals in verse 15, So Samuel lay back down into mourning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. You reckon he was afraid? I mean, God just woke him up and said, hey, I'm fixing to judge Eli and his whole household. And I just thought about that's what a young guy would do. What did he do? He just got up that next morning. Do you think he slept anymore? Probably not. (laughs) I mean, can't you imagine him laying there just thinking about, oh, my goodness, what's what the word of the Lord said? And Eli knows that the Lord has been talking to me. So he just gets up in the morning. He goes about his regular business. He goes and he opens up the temple doors. He does all the things that he had always been doing. And, and, And as he began to do those things, Eli came. He said, hey, Samuel, I want to talk to you a little bit. Look there in verse 16. And he says, you need to tell me the complete truth. Then Eli called to Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word of the Lord that he spoke to you? Don't you know he hated that? Put yourself in that position. Can you remember? Can you remember when you were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, and the word of the Lord has came to, to Samuel, and, and Eli calls him in and says, Tell me the word the Lord spoke to you. And listen to this. Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he has said to you. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like Eli kind of knew what was coming, didn't it? He kind of knew what God's word was. He had already been warned about those things. So he says, hey, Samuel, I I want you to tell me everything God had to say to you. And don't hide any of it. I want to hear it all. And what I want you to realize today, even though God had given some grace to Eli, in other words, he had kind of let him uh, make up for some of his errors in raising his own son in that he was able to raise up Samuel and able to teach Samuel those godly ways, there were still consequences of his sin. 
And folks, just as a side note this morning, we need to realize that sometimes there's consequences for our sins. Just because we're suffering some consequences of our sin doesn't mean that God has abandoned us or left us or forsaken us. It's simply consequences of sin. And that's what Eli was experiencing here because of his sin, because of the consequences of his sins. And let me tell you this. This is my third point. We don't ever need to allow ourselves to blame God or blame someone else for our failures. In verse 18, Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And look what Eli said. It is the Lord, and let him do what he seems what seems good to him. In other words, Eli just stepped up and said, Okay, that's God's word. God knows, the Lord God knows, and, and whatever's good for him, whatever he says, let it be. And when we think about that, I think sometimes today in our society, we want to blame everyone else. We want to say, well, it was my upbringing. It's, it's where I came from. And, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's their fault. It was the crowd they were running in. And, and God, I just couldn't control them anymore. And, and God, all of these excuses and all of these reasons. And, and Lord said, you didn't rebuke your sons. You didn't correct your sons. And because of that, time has run out. Did you hear that? Did you see that in Scripture? He says, verse 14, And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering forever. In other words, he said to Samuel to tell Eli, Look, there's going to be judgment and and time is going to run out. And folks, we need to realize that one of these days, we're going to be in judgment of God. We're going to stand in God's judgment. I always want to clarify that to say this. If you're a born-again Christian, you're never going to be judged for your sin. Why? Because your sin is forgiven. It's been nailed to the cross. The Bible says we bear it no more. But we will give account for what we've done with God's Word, what we've done with Jesus Christ. And as he talked to Eli, he said, there's this time coming and the time has come that, that no longer will a sacrifice or no longer will offerings take place. You're going to face this judgment. And Eli took the Word and he said, you know what, I'm going to take it like a man. This is God's Word and I understand where I've been. And, and he took full responsibility for his actions. I think we can learn from that. We don't know how long Eli served as high priest, but he lived till he was 98 years old. And when he died, he had been a judge of Israel for 40 years. So God used him a long time. But there were still consequences made and consequences of his sin. I'm on my last page, amen? So Samuel grew up in verse 19, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. As Samuel grew older, God continued to speak to him, and God continued to speak through him, and whatever God said, he went and did. Whatever God's words for Samuel, he, he brought it to pass. And, and when it says none of these things fell to the ground, none of these things were unfulfilled, that God had for him. Samuel seems to have lived a life of unbroken purity, of integrity, of, of righteousness. He, he seems to live that kind of life. And his purpose was this, to serve the Lord. And think about where we started. The Word of God speaking. And Samuel wasn't prepared at first to hear it. And then when he became ready and he became where he was listening, attentive to the Word of God, 
God's Word began to direct him and begin to lead him. And when he served, none of his promises, none of the words of God were left unfulfilled. I am old and gray-headed, and I have walked before you, Lord, from the days of my youth until this day. That was Samuel's word. Now, here's my last thing this morning. God still speaks to us through His Word. Look at verses 20 and 21. All of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then he appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the Word of the Lord. I want you to note some things. This is leading up to next week. But I want you to make some notes. I want you to make some mental notes, and maybe if you're keeping notes this morning, know that it says the Lord revealed himself to Samuel by the word of the Lord. Okay, also, God revealed himself finally and faithfully to us through his Son. We have, we have Jesus Christ, and he, he, has, he has given us his Son. If you will, look at Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4, and this is where we're going to close. We have God's completed Scripture right here. We have it, that God gave it to us, His Word. He reveals Himself through His Word. God, who at many times, in many ways, listen. Now, this is Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. God, who at many times, in many ways, ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us, by his son. Okay, how's he speak to us? Through his son. He has appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the words, who being the splendor, the shining splendor of his glory, and expressed the image of his essence, and upholding all the things by the word of his power, through himself cleansing of our sins. He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he is inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now Hebrews 2. 1 through 4. Therefore, we are to give more earnest heed to the things which he, we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and if ever transgression and disobedience receive just as recompense of the reward, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by those who heard him, God also bearing them as witness both with signs and wonders and with different kinds of miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. That is still something in which we can all aspire to. That is still something, and, and every time we approach the word of God, we need to realize that God speaks to us. And God reveals himself to us through his word. This morning when I ask you this question, does God speak to you? And does God answer your prayers? And does God direct your life? There's kind of a recipe that we see here. And this is kind of my point for next week. God spoke to Samuel through his word. And God spoke to Samuel through a servant. And God spoke to Samuel through his spirit. And folks, when we begin to put those things together, those are the keys that we can put together to say, you know what, is God really speaking to me? 
And if Samuel was able to put those things together, the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the Servant of God, all of a sudden he began to understand God is speaking to me and God is directing me. I want to ask you to bow your heads. Those are three keys that we want to look at next week. This morning, Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing our eyes to see your majesty, that we would be still and know that you're in control. God still speaks today. He still moves. The Bible says he doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. In the hearts of his people, God still moves. In the hearts of the Israelites, God was still moving. But they had anchored themselves to their sins. They had anchored themselves to their society. They had anchored themselves to their their surroundings. And, And God just said, okay, when you're ready to hear, I'm ready to speak. So often we say, boy, I prayed about that. I've been praying about that. Oh, I'm going to pray about that. But you know what? Some things need to line up, and it needs to be a little effort on our part as we really search and seek what God has to say to us. This morning as we've really looked at Samuel and his life and realized that there may be some consequences of our sins, realized that that even sometimes there's, there's no turning back, and, and we've not reached that point today. I want to invite you, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's a wooing of the Spirit we'll talk about next week. It's that time and just inside your heart, you feel that drawing of the Spirit. That's God speaking. That's God calling. The Bible says that, that none comes unless they're called by the Spirit of God. If you've never accepted Christ and that wooing of the Spirit is pulling at you this morning, I want to invite you to come. In just a moment, we're going to have an invitation for that very reason. This morning, if you want to say, well, God, I'm just, I've kind of got off track and uh, I just go back to bed. I just stare out the window and look at the beautiful day. And God, I, I hear a noise sometimes, but I don't know if it's you or not. Maybe you want to say, Lord, I just... I need to rekindle a fire that I might hear you speak. Your word pour down upon me. I don't know how the Spirit might lead you this morning, but the altars are open for prayer. I'll be here to pray with you. If you want to just go get someone here today and just say, hey, would you pray with me, or I'd like to pray with you, then I'm sure no one here would mind that. However the Spirit would lead you, remember that's God speaking He speaks through His Word. He speaks to us through His Spirit. Are you ready to hear? Are you listening? Father, I pray today as we come to a time of invitation, Lord, that you would lead us, that you would direct us, and, Father, that we would feel your presence and we would feel the wooing of your Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and direct us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.